Blog Talk Radio. I was born in the boogie down cat scan with my building. No, I'm not even going for that this time. You got to kick that nuisance. You ain't been out for years. Why you gonna be acting like that on this track? Kick some old folk joints like this. No P O S D and U O S. Usually the reason for cardiac arrest. So back off your silly hardcore wannabes. Plug a fire to blow that ass from the ground like stack to bleed. Not a trick when sniffing in my word, cuz. Why Brian Cashman did it. 
you know, I mean, it, like, you know, Brian Cashman, our GM, uh, pretty much has earned every benefit of the doubt thrown his way. So um, I, I trust him, but our, our pharmacist is stacked. And you know what the funny part is, man? We may that? just may be able to, to, to sign uh, – uh, your boy, uh, who's now with the uh, who we traded to the Cubs, closer, uh, Wilder Chapman, we may sign him to a free agent deal next year. You know, <laughs> Which is highly possible. Yes. Exactly. So I'm loving that. So, um, so basically, I know that we're throwing the uh, putting up the proverbial white flag, but do you think the Yankees could have held on or uh, uh, trading their old ass assets away, trying to make to uh, make a run? Uh, or, 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 or are you in agreement that this um, this rebuild was in order, particularly the way they're, they're looking in the AL East this season? Well, the way that they're looking, and, and it's been a situation where they've been kind of toying around with that third, fourth spot in the, in the AL East. Um, I right. thought it was a situation where it, it, it actually benefited them. I was reading an article yesterday on uh, MLB.com, uh, uh, about the winners of the uh, the right. MLB trade deadline, and they ranked four. They had the top four teams uh, that, that they thought won, and the fourth team was the Yankees, and that was basically due to the youth infusion that the team got. And I was actually listening to uh, a, a brief interview with uh, Hal Steinbrenner before I uh, called in today, and he seems highly excited. He's saying that the fan base and the, and the people in the front office that he's talked to are highly excited because a lot of the youth that they're that they're um, that they're bringing into the team now is it, something that they want to see, and they feel as though that it's something that they can build on. And wow, surprise, surprise, the Yankees are trying to build through youth. Who knew? This is something that I'm Who not knew, used right? to. You know, this is something I'm not used to in my lifetime. You know, we, we all know, of course, I mean, there have been a couple of draft picks that they've had that have come up through the system. Uh, Jeter is the first one that comes to mind. But um, they've been known to, to go ahead and, and, and buy whoever they could to come in and, and play with this team because everyone knows that they like to sell money to win titles. And, and, and for them to go with this youth movement, that seems highly uh, touted, and, of course, like you just right. said, the possibility of bringing back Chapman, if that's what they want to do, is still there if he feels as though that he's not going to be comfortable uh, with his trial basis situation in, in Chicago. You know, it's, it's, it's maybe waving the white flag for now, but not for the future, which is something that I'm actually shocked that New York is, is, is capable of doing. I guess it's a new day in, in the Bronx. I guess it is, bro. I mean, the thing is, is I, no one in their right mind would have seen George Steinbrenner do something like this. George Steinbrenner no. was known for Morgan, mortgaging his future just to win the present. So, props yeah. to House Steinbrenner to get him behind Brian Cashman's plan and moving forward. So, imagine this, man. Imagine in two years, right, when White uh, Harper becomes a free agent, other stuff becomes free agents. And we're sitting right there with a boatload of prospects, more money underneath the luxury tax. I mean, I mean beneath the yeah, uh, beneath the luxury tax threshold, we're able to spend whoever or how, like uh, how much ever or whoever the hell we want. I hate to say this to the rest of American League, 
and East and the rest of baseball. But look out for my Yankees in two years and not next year. We're stocking them up, folks. As long as we now get rid of old-ass Alex Rodriguez and that arbitrage of a contract. And that's another house, um, not house, but George Steinberg's prime move, by the way. We signed yeah. A-Rod to a contract where no one else bid it for. So we basically bid it against ourselves, which could use that on pitching right now, but whatever. But props to how for not following George's footsteps. It's a wonderful day for Yankees fans, even though I know you're not one. But it's, <laughs> it's a, a wonderful day for a Yankees fan like, uh, like me. Well, I'm just shocked because of the way that they went about this. And the, the fact that you actually brought up Bryce uh, in the next couple of years is, is very interesting because, of course, this will be a situation. I mean, uh, of course, with every free agent, it's going to be the, the decision of the player. But it's not going to be a situation sure. where the, the Yankees will go without any competition in terms of bidding because Washington will do whatever they can to try to keep Bryce here. It's just whether or not Bryce wants to stay here or not. If he feels as though that he can win right. here, you know, that'll be his choice to stay. But it'll be interesting because we all know he grew up a Yankees fan, and right. he's not necessarily tied here to D.C. So, I mean, outside of the fact that this is the team that drafted him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the next couple of years because he's quite possibly – well, quite arguably the best player in baseball right now. And in two years, he's going to be a super hot commodity. Oh, you think? We're looking at, <laughs> we're looking at a possible 35 to $40 million per year player, the way he's going yeah. to go right now. Because keep in mind that Trout, I think Trout has a, 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 um, a over $30 million per year contract, I think. But I know Gio Carlos Stanton and um, – Miami has over $30 million a year contract. So if Stanton gets over $30 million per year, you know, you know that Bryce Harper's going to come in at least 35 That's just exactly. That, that's exactly. just a given. But let me ask you this. Um, I, you know, as you know, I lived in D.C. for, four, for three years before uh-huh. moving to Cincinnati. Uh, my wife's hometown, of course. Um, I, I know that Bryce Harper is very active in the community, especially southeast, southwest D.C., fixing up uh-huh. schools and giving supplies and things like that. Very good young man. Do you think he yeah. will leave? I know you say he's a lifelong Yankees fan. I agree with that. Do you think he'll leave D.C. for greener pastures? God, it's it's, it's a 70-30 chance that he stays. And Wow. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, and, you know, I, I'm saying it's that 30% chance that he leaves, but the possibility is still there. You know, he he, he seems to be right. having fun here. Um, he seems to be enjoying uh, the, the community here. The city loves him. If, if you're talking about sports gods of right now in this city, Bryce yeah. is arguably number one with Alexander Ovechkin. And I'm I'm going to go yeah, ahead and put him above Alex because of the popularity. Yeah, I would do that too. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know the popularity of the of the Nats, even though it's young and a lot of the baseball fans here are fully immersed in baseball culture. I would say that there's still more Nats fans here than there are Cats fans. I agree. I totally agree with that. And and and, 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 and uh, the funny thing was, the I mean at least when I was living in Washington. 
it seemed to be a cap town for a while. I mean, the Redskins were down. Uh, the Bullets were down. I'm still not calling them the Wizards. The Bullets were down. <laughs> and, you know, you know, the Nets are fairly new to see, but the Nets have been consistent the last few seasons. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, last season's injury plague season notwithstanding. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing how D.C. has fallen in love with the Nets and how much more they fall in love with uh, Barber than uh, Ovechkin. It's, it's, just, it's just amazing to me. I thought that Ovechkin well, this, owned this town for, on that town for the longest time. Well, this city loves a winner, first and foremost. Right. That's why they love the Skins as mm-hmm. much as they did. That's why they don't have a love affair with the with the Wizards. I know that this, you're not going to call them that, but, you know, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what their name is. But that's why they right. don't love the Wizards. That's why they were in love with the Skins during the, uh, the 80s and early 90s. That's why Hope continuously springs eternal with this team even though there isn't anything interesting going on with this team right now, which is fantastic because it's quiet. And, of course, right now the, the, the Nats are winning and the Caps are winning, but they're still stuck in that purgatory where they can't seem to get past that first or second round to make a full championship right. run. Whoever does it first will win this city, and they better hurry up because the skins right now, they, they're capable of pulling off a, 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 a back-to-back division championship year, it's going to be their city again. So the the the, the city is going to have to do something real quick before that happens. Well, the other teams are going to have to do something quick before that happens. Sure, sure. So speaking of hope, speaking of eternal, or at least <laughs> false hope, speaking of eternal, let's talk about the Big 12 for a minute. It seems uh, yeah. like they're still in the news. They stay. They love to stay in the news. They're, they're, I mean, it's like they're that proverbial teenage little girl who doesn't know who's was hot and cold every minute, feels everybody shun her at, at the dance, and is acting out. Case in point, they're about to expand to probably four teams, and the teams, let's just be honest, outside of perhaps BYU, maybe BYU, may drag the product down a little bit. And well the street is ESPN and Fox, the business, the television partners, are none too happy about it. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, because, let's put it this way. If you've been following this story closely, and, you know, I'm a college football judge, apparently there's a clause in the contract which states that if the Big 12 were to expand or to change the membership or or what have you, increase the membership, that they, they, ESPN, are also on the hook to pay the schools at least $20 million. Coming in, so oh. if you cut the end, the fact that yeah, exactly, and it, and it gets better. In fact, and, and, and if you want to fact the end that um, new schools, like typically new schools that are, that are new at the conferences, they don't get the full share to maybe do it four years down the road. Which means that the likes of Iowa State, uh, TCU, Baylor, and company will get a huge chunk of that change. So this, to mm-hmm. me, is screaming the total cash grab in response to ESPN giving ACC a network in three years, a linear network uh, that's to be presented by a digital network like later this month. And it seems like, especially this after apparently ESPN told the Big 12, there's no room for a network. There's no bandwidth for a network. So I'm wondering out loud, dude, should, should the Big 12 
actually tip fake like this and risk pissing off ESPN and Fox because the deals are up in 2025. And mm. uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a Big 12 being a Big 12. Is it are they thinking short term again for like for monetary gain? I mean, what's going on? What's the end game? I mean, why why would it risk pissing off ESPN and Fox just to fill their pockets? Which is very interesting that they would actually go that route. I mean, think about it. Three of the five, well, two of the five Power Five conferences are already in bed with ESPN, with the ACC getting yeah. ready to take off their clothes and get in bed with them as well. And the Pac-12, <laughs> and, and and the Pac-12 is is the only conference that is not necessarily tied to a major network. I mean, they, they, they kind of share space in a, in a building with CBS Sports, but that's about it. They, they, they run their, their network by themselves. And the, uh, the, the, the Big 12, I don't think that they're capable of doing what the Pac-12 is doing because they don't necessarily have, outside of Texas, they don't necessarily have the brand in the Big 12 to operate a network by themselves like the Pac-12. And and, and, yeah. and that's a huge issue, and, and I mean that's the other thing too. It's 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 basically a conference that is a uh, 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 southwestern, and and a lot of those teams aren't necessarily sexy. I mean they're cute teams to watch. Baylor's come on over the past five years. TCU as well. Right. Um, they're cute, but they don't they don't have the history <laughs> of like a USC or UCLA. And to right. to do what the what the Pac-12 is doing, and, and to go ahead and and spurn the two major networks that are dealing with college football right now is very interesting. Uh, CBS Sports they have their network where they show a lot of D2, and, and sometimes they'll go ahead and show some some bigger uh, FCS football as well. But they're not really in that business. Uh, neither is. Uh, NBC outside of dealing with uh, Notre Dame, so to, to 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 anger the two big networks that deal with that in 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 nine years, you're gonna have an issue. So something's gonna have to be done. Right. And, and I have no idea right. if, if if they're gonna be able to recover then. Well, here's the thing too, man. Is that you know, for, first of all, like Oklahoma is the arguably the other big brand of conference. Uh, but outside of those two, uh, uh, outside oh, yeah, of I forgot about Oklahoma in the, in the conference. Oh yeah, sure, but the, but that's but what the what else, who else does the Big Twelve have that's so appealing? I mean, the exactly. likes of Ames, Iowa, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Are you kidding me? No, this is the Kansas State is a nice little football program, but still, it's they're, they're not Oklahoma or North Texas. But at any rate, exactly. Um, before I get off of that tangent. Um, it, it just seems to me that, I mean, the Big 12 is just dead. I mean, they're totally late to the party. And and the thing is, like, uh, I um, fault Texas for that in the sense that, and I don't blame Texas for one of those on the network. I mean, shoot, if ESPN and in, in, in the attempt to save the Big 12 way back when, they Texas that network to, 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 to actually stay in the Big 12. If they're sitting there to give that, give, give them that money, that fifteen mil per year, who's to say that Texas should give that up? I mean, I wouldn't exactly. Texas for giving that up. I mean, I wouldn't give it up. So, I mean, the thing is, is this, man. 
This conference is hanging by a thread. We all know it, and I think they know it. And I think that's why they're making this money play, money grab now, because they know down the line that there's no way in the hell that all 12, all 10 of those teams, rather, would sign a, a grant of life agreement. I don't see Oklahoma doing it. I sure as hell don't see Texas doing it. So, basically, they expired in 2025 when their sales got expired. So, I guess the question is, well, not the question, brother, but I'm just going to make a statement right now. I'd be surprised if the Big 12 sticks around after five years. I'd be totally mm. shocked. I'd be shocked if Oklahoma doesn't move. I'd be shocked if Texas doesn't move in five years. Mm. I think this is pretty much the finale that we're witnessing of the Big 12. I think this is like the lady, the, the, the inevitable. Um, my over and under is five years. What's your over and under? <laughs> wow, your over under is five. I'm going to go ahead and say my over-under, actually, I'm going to go nine. I'm going to actually wait and see once the gotcha. deal is done what happens. You know, if if they can't seem to, to get a situation settled before the, the, the deal is done, they're really in trouble. They're really right. in trouble. And, and they will potentially be forced to go the route of, of the Pac-10. And like I said, they're the Stephen Baldwin of the Power Five. They're, they're not that sexy. And, and not a lot of people, like I said, <laughs> east of – not a lot of people east of Kansas is is, is watching the, the Big 12. So right. you, you, you'll get the hipsters that are like, ah, I love I love watching uh, 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 Horn Frog football, and I may watch a little K-State basketball, but – that's about it, you know. And, and yeah. if they can't do something soon, you're right. They're going to Texas. Well, Texas and Oklahoma will leave the greener pastures, and that that conference will either just become another AAC, or or it'll just fizzle out. Well, I think we're looking at the Big East 2.0 right here. Uh, I'm yeah. looking at like that teams with different. With very with, with different views of self interest, they're all in it for themselves. Uh, again, can't blame Texas for being that way. I mean, they're getting their cool fifty million dollars per year, chip for ESPN for the law on network. Get rid of Oklahoma for one to look around as well. They they're also the big uh, But in any event, I you know this goes to show you that you know that old saying, you know, for those who 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 failed to learn history only do to repeat it. And I think we're seeing the requiem of the Big East Part Two for thirty thirty of the future. <laughs> we're talking about the uh, the Big Twelve. So, but having said all that, and uh, we all know they're about to expand five by four teams. My, I, I think, and you know, I'm just going to have some fun. Just just pick my four. I think the four would be BYU, Houston, because of politics in Texas, um, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, and I'm going to throw in some weird for you. East Carolina. Okay. East Carolina has the football fan base that you probably know from being at school of A&T in North Carolina. They also have a little bit of tradition, and they have, most importantly, eyeballs on the East Coast that care about East Carolina, at least in the state of North Carolina and surrounding areas. And yeah. they'll get that little bit of the chip and provide West Virginia, Charlotte Partners, and former Cincinnati 
in East Carolina. So, what are your thoughts? Just to uh, uh, let you go on this. What, uh, what's your oh, thought? wow. That's um, East Carolina is a very interesting pick, and, and, and it's kind of <laughs> interesting that you brought that up because, you know, I was actually talking to um, – one of the partners at, at my job, and, and he's a West Virginia alum, and, of course, the number one thing he complains about is the fact that, you know, he he has to go west of West Virginia in order to watch road games, which is an issue. I never thought of, of them potentially expanding outside uh, uh, east of, of, of West Virginia. And, and, and to be honest with you, two of your four um, is, is two that we talked about on our show last night being Houston and Cincinnati, I'm sticking with Memphis. Right. And as a number four, I would probably say, I'm going to go ahead and say probably uh, Tulane. I think they go Louisiana on you. And try to take, yeah. take that New Orleans I've market. Heard I've heard Tulane many times. I heard Tulane on the radio today. And I was thinking, you know, for football, athletics-wise, and but – they're academically on point. They're one of the best schools mm-hmm. in the country, academically. So, and that's what school presidents care about. So, I, I guess you know, you've got to for that many times uh, in the past few days. So, yeah, yeah. that would be my four. That wow. way you have the Houston well, money, the Memphis money, right. and, the, and the, the New Orleans money. Got three big marks. Well, they got their own money. They got that. They, they dip into the <laughs> SEC markets. I don't know if the Matty SEC would would, bow, would actually allow that to happen. The Big Twelve to come to territory be like the wild all over again. You know, like uh, the Bucksdales allowing <laughs> Stansfield and them to come into their territory. Uh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> God's bringing the wild. And, and you're right. The, the SEC is very sensitive about anybody doing anything in their territory, which is hilarious to me. I'm like, dude, you're, you're, you're basically the god in, 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 football, in college football. Why are you concerned about everybody else? Right. That's so funny. That, that's hilarious. Well, all I can do, all I can do now is press the Big 12. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't know. It doesn't look, look, look a bit for the outlook of the top. And it'll be interesting to see going forward, especially after expansion, uh, how ESPN and Fox review them in, in the upcoming years, uh, maybe I guess six, uh, nine or so years from now. So we'll see. Well, anyway, man, it's been good. Thanks a lot for joining me, man. Be sure to enjoy this Big 12 implosion coming up in a few years. So we'll see. But thanks a lot for joining me, man. Appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me. And, yes, Big 12, you are on the clock. Yes, sir. you damn right about that. Uh, so there you have it. That's my man, Wayne Nash, breaking it down as always. Please catch him on the show. Please the radio Tuesday nights on Ball Talk Radio, as well as the York slash HBCU Sports. Lots of HBCUs, HBCU news going on. There's the Tanson, the Nike, uh, the Shua uh, uh, apparel company, by Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, Optin, the MIAC. About damn time. We'll probably get into that next couple of weeks. But speaking of next couple of weeks, now the NFL training camp is here. Uh, I'm going to start my annual Superfans NFL Superfan podcast series where we talk to fans, quote unquote Superfans of various teams. Uh, do that twice a week. Uh, start next week as well. So stick tuned for that. 
should be a lot of fun. But until then, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I'm Scott Burks. 06, y'all. Have a good night. <laughs>